0: Thank you so much, Jake, and uh, let me go ahead and tell our sound engineers, Uh, you might uh, want to lower that volume because I get a little excited when I speak about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Um, and I do not apologize for it because God is just amazing, and he is so good, and he's been so good to each and every one of us. Well, maybe I can't speak for you. I'm just checking for a few. Has God blessed anybody in this place? Has I been good to you? Has God, have you been touched by God's amazing grace? I mean, he is so good that he blessed us to be able to gather together. And I just want to uh, give a shout out to Peter and Steve. I know that they are away, um, but I just thank God for them, just sweet brothers in Christ. Uh, Jake, man, thank you so much uh, for just being, just loving on me and uh, just just making everything welcome. And I'm trying to figure out how Hope Church can make me welcome in my own space. I mean, that's just awesome. That's just awesome. Uh, But I figured, you know, since we're going to be spending eternity together, we might as well get to know each other. And so we're here to celebrate God. It's all about him. And we, as the body of Christ, uh, indeed are a family. We are a family, an extended family, that reaches from coast to coast who come under the umbrella of God's amazing grace. And so when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have something to celebrate. Now, let me give you a caution. Let me give you a caution, just in case, because you don't know me very well. You know the God I serve. You don't know me very well. But I have to tell you uh, that if it seems that I flow a little faster for your attentiveness, it's only because I came from a certain culture. Uh, back in the 80s, when rap was That's just all it was. And so uh, I need you to flow with me. And if it doesn't, if it flows too fast, just give me a signal of some time, some kind You say, hey, bro, slow down for a moment. I didn't catch that last sentence. Um, And I don't mind doing that because God has a challenging message for each and every one of us. I truly believe this, that God has a word. The Holy Spirit has something that he wants to share with you each of us. And if we are attentive to the move of God, sensitive to the message that God has, is that Gary Manuel I see out there? Man, good to see you, bro. I, had to, I got an amen in the corner somewhere. All right, here it is. Um, but, but if we're sensitive to it, then we're able truly to go further in our relationship with God. Even when we're faced with dysfunctional times, That with God, we can have a functional faith in dysfunctional times. Lauren, you blessed my heart. You truly blessed my heart. Your testimony, I believe, all of us are able to connect to, particularly when you stated the unexpected challenges and how even in the midst of your unexpected challenges, there's something that always comes to bear, and it's the truth, that God is still faithful. In the midst of anything and everything that you come to, one thing we have to be encouraged by is the faithfulness of God. Even when we ourselves find that we are not faithful, God is faithful. And when we see testimonies in the sacred text, particularly as we continue our journey through the gospel account of Matthew, what we see there always coming to bear is that Christ Jesus is the faithful one, that he's the one that we can go to. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we feel like we're enduring, we can always come to Jesus. And the beauty about our relationship with Jesus is he's the savior that never pushes us away. He always welcomes us to come into his presence. And even now, as we worship and we celebrate, he welcomes us into his presence. And so I want to invite you to bow your heads right where you are and let's let's just continue in our conversation with God that he might speak to us in a fresh and real way that our lives, our relationship with him will go further than it's ever been. Would you do that? Let's go to God. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for this blessed opportunity. Father, you allow us... To come before your holy presence and it's in your presence that we are able to have an infusion of hope. That we're able to be able to know more of your love and the magnitude of your power being lived out in our lives and our lives be lived out for your glory. Now we pray, Father, that you would help us not only see you in your text, but, God, that you would speak to us through your text, that our lives might be lived as a beacon of light in the midst of such a dark world, that you would be glorified. So allow our hearts and our minds to be receptive soil for the seed of your word, that it might bear fruit, and that fruit, Father, might produce so that others might be able to see that you are the true and living God. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The passage that was read into your hearing uh, picks up from where we last left off. Pastor Peter was uh, challenging us on last Sunday about the importance of fasting and how there is a time and place for us to be able to bring our bodies into subjection in order to go deeper in spiritual disciplines before the Lord. Well, now we have an occurrence, a, a narrative, an event um, in the sacred text where Jesus is speaking. He's teaching. There's a throng. If you read Mark's account, Matthew gives us a cliff notes version of Mark's source here. Uh, he gives us a, a shortened version. I think it's the youth version, almost a Twitter version of uh, the events of Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 4. Um, but he gives it to us so that we might see, uh, rather the word he uses in the text, behold what it is to have faith in God. That's really it. That's where we're going to work here, because uh, if you are going to grow in your relationship with God, you have to have faith. Faith is essential. It's non-negotiable in the life of the believer. We come to Jesus by faith. The Word of God teaches us that if we are to grow as believers, we are to walk by faith. We are to live by faith. In fact, God's Word tells us that without faith, do I have any Bible readers in here? It is impossible to please God that we need to maintain and grow in our faith no matter what we are facing. And so here you have a crowd of people. Uh, Mark says they're a throng of people who surround the Savior, and they're listening to every word that is coming off of his lips. They are inclined in their hearts to hear what he has to say and hear the savior speaks. But in the midst of all of the teaching that's going on, something happens. In the midst of all of it, do you see it? Uh, there is somebody who is a part of the crowd. We know him by name because Mark and Luke tells us that this is Jairus. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, is part of the crowd. And as part of the crowd, here he is. He's not using any synagogue um, hospitality here. No, if you really look at the context of the text, there's an urgent matter, an unexpected challenge, if you would, that comes to him. And he knew exactly where to bring his challenge to. Let me just pause for a moment. You ever felt an unexpected challenge? Real people. You, you ever been through anything? You ever gone through anything? You ever been put in a situation where you didn't know how you were going to get out? These are not rhetorical questions. You come around Champion 4s they'll tell you, um, I don't ask questions just for the matter of asking questions. No, tell me, have you ever been through anything? Yeah. Have you ever been to a place that was so dark that you didn't know how you were going to make it out? Have, have you lived in 2021 and 2020? Have you seen all that is happening and in spite of all that we see in this dysfunctional time, I want to lay it real plain for us here. And that is what God does in the life of the believer is create a functional faith that is able to work no matter what is not working in the circumstances that we face. So here is Jairus. He's pushing through the crowd. Yeah, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about, about me. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been blessed to be with my high school sweetheart um, for now 23 years. She is my pride and joy. She is my baby. There is, there, she blinks her eyes, and my world just spins around. I just thank God for my wife, Kiana. She'd be here. Um, but we have four teenagers. And so uh, we have four teenagers, 19, 18, 16, and 15. No, that was a prayer request. That wasn't a woo. That was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we, we have four teenagers and we love them. And one thing I learned Jake about fatherhood is that God will teach you a lot about him as you endure the assignment. I shouldn't say endure, that's not good. Are you all live recording this? Uh, my kids might watch this. Um, but but as we go through the assignment of of parental um, privilege that God allows us to learn some things about him. I saw one of the babies not long ago when they were going out um, to, to the space and she reminded me that she was carrying uh, some in her hand that looked like a doll. It gave me a holy flashback. That's what I had. I had a flashback because my daughter is my favorite daughter. I hope you catch this. I have three sons and one daughter, and she knows that she is my favorite daughter, and I will to forget the time. Here it is. I'm preaching, and I am uh, ministering to the congregation, and here she is. Uh, everyone is standing greeting at the end of the service time. We're shaking hands and loving on each other, and I see her. She pushes through the crowd. She didn't care who was around. She was a young child pushing through the legs of people because she knew that her dad was on the other end of that crowd i will not forget this because she comes to me as i'm talking to people pull on my jacket sleeve and say daddy i need your help i said baby hold on daddy's talking to some people she said no daddy i need your help right now because i am your daughter and you are my daddy you're going to get this in a moment. She then hands me a broken doll. It was her favorite doll. She puts it in my hands and she says, Daddy, I need you to fix it because I know that you can do it. I'm looking at this doll thinking, uh, Baby, how do you want me to put Barbie's leg back on the doll? And she said, Because I know, how do you say that? Oh, because my children's church pastor told me that if you have faith, all things are possible. I'm trying to help you understand something. As you see, Jairus, he's pushing past the crowd. He's a synagogue ruler. Don't run past that. Uh, Matthew says he's a ruler. He's really he's a synagogue ruler, which means that his assignment in the synagogue is really to examine those who speak publicly in that sacred space to identify whether or not they're saying anything in error. But right now in Iris's life, that's not on the top of his priority. On the top of his priority is that he has a daughter. You saw it in the text, right? She's 12 years of age, and she... Matthew says, has died. Mark gives us a progression of, of the sequence that, that she was dying, and then by the time uh, Jesus is in the midst of the crowd, then she ha- a message comes to Jairus that she has died. But, but in this context, M- Matthew rushes to it and just says, she's died. And Jairus comes to Jesus. Get this, because as God is leading us to uh, grow in our faith, we can learn from Jairus's conversation with Jesus. Follow the the text. Because Jairus comes to Jesus, and before he even asks anything of the master, look at his position in the text. I hope you're at your Bibles there. The Bible says he knelt down. Come here for a moment, saints of God. And when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, when you find yourself in a situation that seems greater than your ability to overcome it, let me suggest to each and every one of us that before we open up our mouths to ask anything of God, that we bow our knees and give reverence to a God who's blessed us already. I'm talking to somebody right now because the reality is we always coming with our hands out, not realizing that everything we are and everything we have is already because of the grace of God. And even though you're going, Gary, am I all right up in here? Even if, though you're going through some things that it may be overcoming, it feels like it's overcoming to you. Here's the reality: if you're going through it, you're experiencing the difficulty, then that's evidence that God's hand is still on you because you're going through it. Ah, I hear my grandfather say now that if you're going through it, it means you're gonna get through it. Here's the reality: He he kneels down before the Savior gives reverence and deference for who God in flesh is. And then look at his faith. This is where we come in here. Look, look do you see it there? Uh, he, his faith is seen in his request. I hope you didn't close your Bibles. Because he kneels down and he says, my daughter has died. But if you come, things can change. Uh, Do you see his faith there? He he says it uh, so subtly in the text. My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Oh, he reverences the Savior. And if we're going to make it through dysfunctional times, and I dare not define what the dysfunction of your time may be, but I know that if you've been living long enough, you're going to have an appointment with some dysfunction. Don't look at anybody right now, because they might think that you're, thinking, that, that you're saying they're a dysfunction. That's not what I'm saying. But if you live long enough, uh, you're going to deal with some dysfunction that will require you to get on your knees and go before the Lord in prayer. I heard Lauren said that, that she was in the midst of her, her, her unexpected challenges, and she was there in the presence of God, because there are some challenges only Christ can get you through. And so this synagogue ruler comes to Jesus and he makes the request. He first kneels and then in the posture of prayer, his conversation matches his expectation. Oh, I hope you catch this. Because the truth is, saints of God, our faith goes to work when in our request before God. Oftentimes, when Jesus is with his disciples, uh, he's always challenging to grow in their faith. You're mindful, right, when they're in the midst of the sea, and Jesus is sleeping on the boat with them. And a storm rises, and he's on the boat with them. Already told them that together they would make it to the other side, but they become fearful while Jesus is on the boat with them. And they awaken him, and he calms the sea, he calms the storm, and he turns to them and says, "Where is your?" I got Bible readers in here there it is where is your, your faith and sometimes we're in situations where Jesus wants to continue to grow us in our faith as we go on this journey with him and so here is Jairus he's actually growing in his faith he declared faith that Jesus can do the impossible I want you to come and resurrect my daughter Is there anything you're trusting God right now to resurrect in your life is there any situation any relationship any circumstance or context you're trusting God to resurrect well here's the good news of the text we serve a God who majors in resurrections Ah, and he's able to do exceedingly, I love it, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. That's the Savior that we serve. But we, in our worship time with Him, got to get close to Him. So, in all that you're going through, let me just ask you a personal question, sit next to you just for a moment. How close are you to Christ for real? Because oftentimes our circumstances are more telling about where we truly are in our journey and discipleship with God. When things happen that are beyond your control, do you fall on your knees and go before the master? Or do we exhaust every other option we think is out there before we even turn to Jesus? Now, Jairus, he, he comes to him because what he's dealing with is behind, beyond his ability to handle. And now Jesus immediately responds. Jesus responds and fo- begins to follow Jairus to his house. I love this text. Because as he's following Jairus to his house, and Jairus' faith is continuing to be on display, you heard it, something happens. Something happens as they're making their journey. He's walking to his house. Can you see him now? He's rushing through. He's telling everyone, excuse me, excuse me, but we have to go. I know you want to be with Jesus, but but we have an emergency. Can you see Jairus? He's pushing through the crowd, trying to get Jesus to his home. He's, telling, he's moving along the way, navigating through uh, the throng, and And then something happens. He looks back and there's something else that's going on as he's on his pilgrimage to go rescue his daughter. Do you see it there? The text says that there was a woman. A woman. Behold, again, verse 20. A woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the fringes of his garment. She touched the fringes of his garment, for she said to herself, again, you see faith on display here. You see faith on display in even how we think to ourselves. She says to herself, if only I can touch his garment, I will be made well. Has made And seeing her said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. We can't run past this testimony of faith. Because as Jairus is is journeying to his home, he has to now pause because something else has happened that has now delayed the Savior from coming to save his child. Come here, saints of God. When our sovereign God sees us and knows everything that we're going through as his children— Oftentimes, he continues to formulate our faith and grow us in our faith by putting us in the waiting room. I hope you caught that. That some of you right now, when you're asking God, looking for God to resurrect some things, God may have you in the waiting room. And while you're in the waiting room, this is when our faith is exercised because sometimes Jesus moves immediately and other times Jesus wants us to believe in him. And even when his, our relief in him doesn't match up with, our, with his timetable, he wants us to trust him even when what's going on doesn't match our timetable, that we will trust him nonetheless because we have faith in him. This, this woman, she comes and she's been dealing with an infirmity for 12 years. Jesus is on his way to save a 12-year-old and he is stopped in his progression by a woman with enough faith that said that if I can just touch him, touch anything that's touching him, I will be made whole. I want you to really see this woman's dilemma, see her dysfunctional situation, because her disposition was such that her condition made it it difficult for her uh, privately and publicly. She was a woman who had an issue of blood. That's King James. She has a discharge which makes her socially unclean, which makes her relationally off limits, which makes her religiously unqualified. She couldn't even get to the temple. Can you see her dysfunction? Can you see her dilemma? But even, I love this testimony. I'm sorry, am I getting too excited? Even in the midst of all that she was going through, it did not stop her from wanting to get to him. Even in the midst of all of the challenges, when you read Mark's account of this, he'll say say that she spent all she had and everything she had, she only got worse 12 years. Can you see it? Going through the same dysfunction. 12 years having faith and not seeing any fruit. 12 years and going, getting up and straining over and over again. And yet she still came to the place of worship. I'm in the Bible now. Here it is. She sees Jesus and she sees him and she extends her hands and she touches the fringes of his robe. This is important, you all, because Numbers tells us in Numbers 15 and 38 the importance of the very fringes of the robe, that when you really look at the knot system and the intricate weaving of the fringes of the robe, what it really spelled out numerologically was that Jehovah is one. Jehovah is God, and in her faith, she's telling herself as she's going through 12 years of misery, as people are parting like the Red Sea because they don't want to be tainted to be near her. She did allow what Anyone else would have a judgment around her about her circumstance. All she knew that she needed to get to Jesus. Come here, I'm just trying to help somebody. Where are you right now and what you're going through? Where the Spirit of God is telling you right now, all you need to do is get to Jesus. Doesn't matter, you need to close the distance between where you are and where he is. You need to, even if you gotta crawl on your knees and extend your hand, if you just touch what's touching him. I feel my Baptist fervor coming on now. Uh, he he will do something in you. And you know the story, saints of God, because the Bible says that Jesus stops, he sees her. Mark says he felt virtue, power come from him, and he turns and he says, daughter yeah, there's the relationship right there your faith has made you well in the moment where she exercised belief even coming from a broken state that her faith was not um, conditioned by her circumstance, but her faith influenced her despite her circumstance that she believes even though at the time she was reaching for him, she was bleeding. You know, so oftentimes we, we want faith to be easy. We want to just have it. Um, what's that restaurant they want to have it your way? And yet Jesus at times allows us to go into the crucible of pain so that he can produce within us a functional faith that will endure dysfunctional times. Well, I have to hurry on here. So let me go ahead and and wrap this up. Jesus continues to go with Jairus. You have the story because as he's in the waiting room, his time is coming. I love this because Jesus positions him in a place where he's able to see the miracle happen in someone else's life and that miracle is supposed to inform his life. To know that if Jesus did it in that life, he could also do it in my life. Let me let me just stop for a moment. Has God done a miracle work in anybody's life up in here? Just wave your hand if you can to let me know because somebody else may need to know that Jesus is in the neighborhood and if he's in the neighborhood that means at some point he's going to get to your house. And Jairus is coming now and he's he's going to his house and Jesus is with them. I love it because Jesus enters the house but before he enters the house, he gets some folk out of the house. Mm. Because sometimes when your faith is to be realized, Jesus has to move certain people from around you. Don't look at nobody. It's not good to do that right now. He pushes the professional mourners out. He pushes the minstrels out. And then he declares that she is sleeping. They laugh, those unbelievers who are there, they laugh. And sometimes people will laugh at your level of faith when you go through and they're trying to figure out how is it that you're still smiling? How is it you still have joy? How is it that you still have peace and all that you're going through? And they laugh at the fact that you are still in the position that you're in, still celebrating, still worshiping. It's because you have faith. And people without faith won't always understand. People with faith. But that doesn't stop us from living by faith so Jesus walks in and he stands over the girl ah you gotta see the saints of God he stands over the circumstance he stands over the dysfunction he stands over the problem because there is no problem that is greater than him And he speaks life in the midst of her death. She's dead and Jesus comes, stands over the situation because our Savior is able to bring life out of death. I asked you earlier whether something that you needed God to resurrect. I asked you earlier if that's a situation you needed Jesus to speak into and bring life. Listen, saints of God, do not give up on the power of Jesus Christ to transform lives. He can transform lives. He can transform the community. And we know it's true because he's transformed your life. Because I was, uh, at one point in my life, sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deacon staying within, seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. It was love that lifted me, and listen, saints of God, it is Christ Jesus who's able to lift you to a place where your circumstances will not allow, will not be a part of bringing down your faith, but rather your circumstances will be so that you can inform your circumstances by your faith and you keep speaking to your circumstances until your circumstances look like what you have faith in. I'm done now. (laughs) Because the Spirit of God is speaking to us to remind us that no matter whatever the condition is, Christ is Lord over it. That in him he has all power, all authority. And when you just get close to him, when you close the distance between where he is and where you are, you'll see the power of having faith in God realized in whatever you're going through. So have faith in him, have faith in God, and see how he will be able to bring you.